the memory of Jared Orchen. And today, we are learning the Parsha of the week. Parsha's Achrei. It's on page 737. The beginning of the Parsha speaks about the death of the two sons of Pharaoh, right? Acharei means after. After the death of the two sons of Aaron, God speaks to, to, to Aaron what to do, how to enter the, ten, the Holy of Holies, and he shouldn't die, like the two sons of Aaron died. First of all, the Rebbe says, there is an expression from the Rebbe, says, Acharei, Acharei means after me, Acharei. That to a point, he should follow the two sons of Aaron. Not all the way, but a little bit. What does this mean? Their desire to get closer to God is commendable. You see, in English, let's read the first line just for the symbolic of the thing. God said to Moshe, when you re relate the following command, stress that it is, it is after the death of Aaron's two sons when they came near before God and they died. And they came near before God. First of all, other, other, other texts do not translate it this way, but this is what's written. Bekorvatam lifnei Hashem. And they got close to God. What happened to the two sons of Aaron? The two sons of Aaron got very close. They wanted to be a part. They wanted to experience, to enter the Holy of Holies. It wasn't a punishment. They wanted it. They wanted to enter the Holy of Holies. They wanted to have the experience of the high priest, like the high priest on Yom Kippur. They wanted to offer the incense and to experience God. For them, even if you tell them that they might die, they would say so. Like there is the climber, climbers on the Avarest Mountains. Just last week died one of the one of the most, I think the most famous climber in the world, right? Yeah. He died because he climbed the wrong place. But if you would ask him, I'm sure people interviewed him and asked him, he says, it's worth it. The risk is worth it. For the two sons of Aaron, the spiritual experience of being close to God was worth it even if they're going to die. It's not a punishment, it's a consequence. They wanted to enter the Holy of Holies by all, by all costs. And it was just like a person says it's more worth it to do this experience even if I'll die, even if they will die. So to the two sons of answer. Then the desire to get closer to God is amazing. Acting in it was unacceptable. Because in God's eyes, it's not what I want. Even I want to be close to God. You have a mission. Your mission is to be in, life, in the world, to be married, to have children. That's your mission. What do you mean you want to be closer to God? It's not what I want. What I want is a selfish thing. God said that's what God wants, not what you want. Even if it's the most spiritual thing in the world, it's still not about me, it's about them. Would you say that that's similar to Karach, that, that there's a noble aspect that we all should aspire towards things, but we have our place. And yes, yeah, very similar to Korach. What Korach wanted to be high priest. One thing is nice. 
What happened to the 250 people of Korach? It was already after Nod of Anavir. Korach, Moses tells them, here you go. You all claim that you're a high priest. Fine, offer incense. But there is only one high priest. From the 250 people plus Aaron, only one is going to survive. The other 250 will die. Now, if you're one of 251, to think that it's going to be you, it's a little... It's like winning the lottery, you know what I mean? Now, you have one, you, you have one chance, one of 250 chances to die. Why they offered incense? Because for them, offering the incense was worth it even if they're going to die. The same idea. We see it even further in Jewish history. It's known that during the first temple, there was throughout 410 years of the temple existence of the first temple, there were 18 high priests. That means everyone was living 34 years. During the second temple, if I remember correct, the second temple stood for 420 years. There were 318 high priests. No. They had a revolving door. No. That's more, by, more than, as I say, by the number... They died quickly. By number 253, you should start to think, maybe I'm not going to make it. The, in the time of the second temple, they bought the job, the position for money from the Roman government. Hmm. A guy who's a rich man, he's 73 years and a half, I don't know, 77, or whatever it was considered. You know what he says? I want to be lowly for this. I don't care. Die, die, fine. But I can be done. It's better dying in the Holy of Holies three years before than dying three years later in bed and never having the experience of Holy of Holies. What I mean to say is the experience of Aaron's son, they were not married. The Talmud says that's one of the reasons why they died. What does this mean? They were not married. What does this mean? They didn't take the responsibility of life to continue. They were supposed to be the two leaders after Moses and Aaron. Not of an avir. They were the future, the future leadership of the Jewish people. So they people. would have had a chance to go in. Not they, necessarily they one of them. Anxious. The no, point is, yeah, they were anxious. It's not about the chance in 200 years. They want now. Now, what does this mean? They were the future. God was, the Jewish people was counting on them. Not being married means they don't want to deal with physical world, the material world. They want to. They want their way. That. The idea to want to be close to God, beautiful. Something to be complimented. Yeah, amazing. Doesn't mean you have to do it. Doesn't mean you have to act on it. God wants from us the impossible. He wants us to want to do one thing, to actually do another thing. To want to be in the Holy of Holies, to be married. To want to be in shul, to be in the office. See, if you're all day in shul, then you didn't accomplish the mission. <laughs> Everybody, the Jews are in the shul, will be the rest of the world will be destroyed. Then you have to be a doctor and a lawyer and a professional and a businessman and everything in the in the work, work in the in the in life and bring godliness there. But if you get too comfortable in your workplace, you forget about God. That's again not good. That God wants you to be in one place 
and your desire should be in another place. For a Hasid, he should be in Solon and want to be in New York. But if he's by the Rebbe all the time, bad news. The Rebbe wants you to be here. But if you're here, get so comfortable that you don't want to be there, it's again bad news. Then you have to be here and want to be there. That God wants from the Jew the impossible. You should be physically in one place and want to be in another place. Like a, a mother with children, she has to go to work. You ask her, what do we wish to do? She would rather be with her children. But she has no choice, she's going to work. She's work, she's doing a very good job. But we, where, is, where she wants to be? She wants to be with the kids. The same thing is a Jew. Where you want to be? With God, in the temple, learning Torah, doing mitzvahs. Where you should be? In your workplace. Then Acharei, the name Acharei means after could be the way the Rebbe says it, you should try to follow Aaron's son. The desire to want to be closer to God is good, yeah. Going closer to God, the, the will, you should learn from the two sons of Aaron. Doesn't mean you have to run to the temple offer incense. But the desire is commendable, it's, it's, it's appreciated, it's good. It's something to, to be praised, and we should follow that. Now, can I ask you a question? We were just talking about incense, and it's, I remember it says something about strange. Does that mean anything? Strange incense? They, they strange, strange means un, uh, unauthorized. In other places, it's written unauthorized. Strange fire, yeah. Strange fire means unauthorized. God didn't ask you. Anything that God didn't ask you is strange. So Aaron kind of did the same thing, you might say, when he built the golden calf, right? I mean, God didn't authorize him to do that. It's worse than that. He, he, he kind of got off okay. Uh, he didn't get zapped uh, well, like his two well, sons. He just lost two oh, sons. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Let's, 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 let's fix it in one second. Aaron did not do something to get closer to God. Aaron did something against God to save the Jewish people. Aaron took the blame on himself. He said, better they should blame, God should blame me than blame the whole Jewish people. That's what Aaron did. And God knew that it was their intention, and therefore he was saved. You understand? Mm -hmm. Usually, a priest who offers idol worship, worship, worships idols, cannot even serve in the temple. Aaron, after making the idol worshiping, became the high priest. Obviously, it was with a different intention. But it wasn't a matter he wanted to get closer to God. They didn't do anything wrong. They went to the Holy of Holies. They just... They were not unauthorized. It's not that they worship idols, God forbid. It's a whole different. It's from here to there. But Aaron, even though he did, he built a golden calf, God knew that he did it just to save the Jewish people and therefore God forgive him. Do you think, Rabbi, that there was any relationship between uh, his sure, participation a, yeah. in that and the, and the. Sure, there is a relationship. It's written in the Torah. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says, when he tells the story of the golden calf, Moses says, and God also, here it is on page 1181. <laughs> you want to read the top of the page? God was very angry with Aaron, whom uh, you misled, and wanted to destroy his children. So I prayed for Aaron too on that occasion, but only two of his children were saved. But you see, the children business is in parentheses. Moses says God was angry very much with Aaron and I, he wanted to destroy him and I saved him. And the commentaries learned that means the children. It's true. 
But the bottom line, the children didn't die right after the golden calf. They, it's again, you write your own destiny, you understand? They got involved in something wrong. And because it was already hanging in them something bad, they didn't have this protection to save them. Is it also true, Rabbi, that they may have been uh, enjoying a little too much wine? <coughs> Again, what does this mean? It yeah, means they were intoxicated by the moment. They were, Whether it's they wine were, or... But, but was it fit literal or was it... Could be that it was literal. Could be. It doesn't necessarily mean it was But there's literal. also people who get they, spiritually so... They, were, they got excited. They were excited. Of course. They were shaking out of love to God. Ha- yeah, but Hashem specifically cautions against it. Yeah, I understand. That's how we learned that. Why caution against it? Obviously, they did it. That's how the rabbis came with this, with this idea, yes. Back to page 737. What do they mean to say is they're getting excited and all of this is, is you see, there is another important thing here. There was a protection from God. They lost the protection from God. God, again, God doesn't take away from you the protection. What happened when they just left Egypt? They had the best protection. The spinning of the sea, everything was amazing. Then they said, they doubted God. They were doubting if God is among them. Ayesh Hashem Bekirbeinu. Right? On page 453, just for a moment. There's a punishment for downing God on the bottom. Yeah, where will you see? It's in the third rebuke on 453, the last sentence of the... 453? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I went too far. Yeah, perfect. 453, uh, in the the bottom here, they, they look, number seven, they said what? In the place, Masa Merivo, yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Number seven. Um, he named the place Masha. Don't worry Mer- about it, Masa Merivo. Mer- go ahead. Mira, testing, quarreling because of the children of Israel's quarreling, because they tested Hashem, saying, "Is Hashem among us or not?" Is Hashem among us? Right. The next line. As a punishment for doubting uh, Amalekim. Amalekim and fought with Israel. Yeah, well, and Rashi Ashidim. says, what, what is Amalekim? Um, Rashi, no, right in this yeah. page, in the classic question, you see number eight? What does the war? Mm-hmm. What does the, the war of Amalekim? Read it, continue. Right R- yeah. yeah, 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 right there. You're touching it. Right here. Either they sent their animals to drink and. No, 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 no. Below. In the question. Oh, Moshe struck the rock. What? Next no. one. Next one. Why? Why does the war? Rashi. Next section after the one you just read. You're there. You're there. I'm there. Uh, This section about Malik was uh, placed straight after the verse, is Hashem not among us or not, to suggest Hashem's response. I'm always among you, and I'm always prepared for uh, all your necessities, and yet you say, is Hashem among us or not? By your life. A dog will come and bite you, and will cry out to me, and then you will know where I am. Continue. This can be compared to a man who mounted his son on his shoulders and set out on the road. Whenever his son saw something, he would say, Father, take uh, that thing and give it to me. And the father would give it to him. This happened the second time and the third time. There they met 
a man, and the son said to him, Have you seen my father anywhere? His father said to him, Don't you know where I am? He threw his son down off him, and a dog came and bit him. <laughs> Tell me that it was a punishment? The son says, my father is not protecting me. He doesn't know him. Oh, you don't know me? Fine. When we tell to God, God, we don't need your help. Thank you. Thanks, but don't thanks. God said, okay, fine. It's finished. Take, take care of yourself business. I think that's what happened to two sons of Aaron. The two sons of Aaron would never make it. To, it would never happen. Because of the golden calf, God allowed it to happen. You understand what I'm saying? If God wouldn't want the two sons of Aaron to enter the Holy of Holies, it would make an accident. Moses would show up a minute before and say, hey, get out of here. You understand? God allowed it to happen because they lost the protection because of the golden calf. It's all, God protects us. But when you, when you are stumbling to go the wrong way, God says, you know what? Or he says, I don't need God's help. What the story with Bar Kokhva? When Bar Kokhva started to lose the war, once an old man met him and told him, may God be in your help, it will help you. So as long as he will not be against us, it will be good enough. That was the beginning of the end. Oh, you don't need me? Fine, good, do it yourself. I don't understand. Again, it's a consequence. Of the golden calf. So in the, in the Parsha where this happens, in Shemini, at the, at the beginning of the Parsha, I, although I don't find the commentary here, my understanding is that, that uh, it says Moshe called for Aaron his sons, the others should be in their presence. So when, when Aaron is called for, my understanding was that, he, that Aaron felt that, that, he, it, that he wasn't worthy yeah. because he sinned, but yet, yet he was, uh, Moshe believes that he is, and commentators in. believe he is the ideal person for that role because mm -hmm. he sinned. Because you think that's interesting? Because be. because as a because uh, a leader sh should should be imperfect. Should be humble. Sure, that's what keeps him humble. Could be also that that's he can correct. connect. Also, and actually, so a leader should have humility. Yes, leader yes. should be able to, to connect with his from. people and it's be able to feel their it's pain. It's written about King David. That King Saul. Yes. Why Saul's kingdom was not successful, and David was successful. Saul was the perfect guy. David, <laughs> every hour was another story. <laughs> Why? Because for this, because a perfect guy cannot be a leader. It's too good. So in the Human same, beings cannot relate to perfect people. So in the same Parsha where this is, uh, in a sense, uh, one of the credentials or, or one of the reasons that he is the ideal leader to be the high priest, at the same time he loses protection a few pages later. No, he lo no the golden or, or calf was before that. No, 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 I'm saying, but for the same reason that he's the sin of the golden calf, he, his, his progeny are not are not entirely protected. You're right from a foolish act. You, you might be worthy for the job. Doesn't mean that what you did was right. You understand? It's not a contradiction. King David was worthy for the job because he had the problems, but you don't give him credit for the problems. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> problems is problem. You have to deal for. You have to pay for it. You have to deal with it. But you, but for the, for such a job, it's good. Somebody who is not perfect. More than that, I, don't see, I didn't see the commentary that you say, but the idea is, it's written that the high priest, we're going to learn this eventually, that the high priest has to be a married man. Mm -hmm. If not, he cannot enter the, the Holy of Holies. They prepared another man, another high priest, a second in command for a priest, that if his wife dies, he can go in. Another person can go in. Why has to be married? 
because it's to be able to relate to people. No, it's not life is good, you're standing in the holy of holies. There's nothing to pray. Problems. Yes, on the same sir. Problems. <laughs> I'll never forget once the Rebbe was saying, in the middle of Afrobringen, we are people are so weak anyway, we don't need to make him a fasting. I was 20 years old, I said, people are so weak. I didn't feel I didn't know what he's talking about. Now I understand exactly <laughs> what he's talking about. Then it's, if you don't, if you keep, it's written, for example, a husband die holiday should be a guy who has little children and he doesn't have enough, that when he prays, he can relate to everybody in shul, he knows their problems. Somebody stands there, he's full of himself, life is good, he's standing in davening. You know the people behind you are in trouble? Then the same thing, that's the same idea. So it's a criterion to have children also? For the high priest? And it is for the Sanhedrin. Is for the recall? Sanhedrin, yes. But not for the high priest? Yes, not for the high priest. I don't think it's for the high priest uh, criterion. I don't remember such a thing, no. He has to be married. Well, it's, yeah, it says in the thing that he prays for his family. Fe no, for his house. For household. House, beiso is ishtoy, his wife. That your house is your wife. A man who is not married is homeless. A woman is not homeless. A man who is not married is homeless. You might have a home, but you don't have... It might, it's not a, it's, you might have a building, but it's not a home. It's not a house. That's that's all the time, and that's in this, it comes from this portion. For himself and for, him, and for his household, and every time the, time the Torah says that means the wife, his wife. I just have to ask one more question because we're talking about the two sons and Moses prayed, and, and the other two sons you know, lived. Mm -hmm. I mean, is there any connection to why these two boys? You know, these they were, they were. They were the older, right? They were the older, they, they, were, they were, they were, they And they didn't sin. The real thing. The real deal. They didn't really sin at the Golden Calf, did they? They didn't sin. But you asked them to, to stick the noses in the Holy of Holies. They wanted to die, you know? Oh, like the four so people nice. entered the Pardes. Okay. You know, the four rabbis who entered the, the orchard. Rabbi Akiva. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Benazai. Benazai, Benzoma, and Enacher. Elisha Benavuya. Nobody finished good besides Rabbi Akiva. Why? Because he entered with a commitment. He entered in peace. In, in what means he entered in, in peace? The Rebbe has explained many times. He entered with a control over himself, with a commitment to life. With, with, there is love of God and there is respect of God. You cannot enter God only with love because then you lose it. He had the commitment, Rabbi Akiva understood that the bottom line is what God wants, not what I want. Therefore, he survived everything. With the other rabbis, they want it. It was about them. Then when you enter with this, you, you approach with a commitment, then because you enter in a different, with a different attitude, then you come out alive. That was the difference. In the two. And that's really in this parsha what the Torah says to the high priest. When you enter and you keep in the Holy of Holies, there is such procedures. It's right written the next line here, if you're already talking so much, number two, God said to Moshe, um, Mr. Motel. And 453. Yes, please. 737. 737. Seven, 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 that he should not die. What does this mean? It says, speak to your brother, he should enter. Not as a punishment, he should not die. He should not lose it. 
that God gave such strict procedures. You'll be so busy with the doing, with the, with the rituals, you'll not get too excited. That's what it is. You'll be, and the greatness about Aaron is, what, what is, you have to tell Aaron you should do this, you should not die. Aaron wouldn't do the right thing, he should not. I mean, if you wouldn't tell him he should not die, he wouldn't do the right thing. What does mean he should not die? This is the tools how you will not get too excited like your sons by being, following the procedures to the teeth. You'll be so busy with the procedure, you'll not get, not lose it. In Judaism, there is so many rituals to hold the person straight. A simple example. People like to light candles Friday night. Whenever, whenever they want. Dinner time. In the summer, it's too early. In the winter, it's too late. They put light candles. That means only love of God. I love, I want to light candles. Whenever I want, not whenever God wants. God says there is a time to light candles. Without respect to God, fear of God, love of God alone is not enough. I'll never forget, I mean, once many, many years ago, somebody in the shul asked me, why you need fear of God? I told them, you love your wife. To fear her, right? Loving is not enough because you love your, your, your spouse, you tell her what is good, I think this is good for you. Don't tell me what's good for me. I ask you something to do. More than that, when you, it's only love, it's only when you are in the mood, when you, when you understand. Fear means... Your wife asks you for something totally ridiculous. But if you have the respect and fear... You say, how many? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Really, true love is tested when you do something that doesn't make sense. If you do things that make sense to you, it's not because you love your spouse. You do something that you think is totally crazy, totally crazy, it's ridiculous, it's this, it's hurting you. But she said, I do it for me. And you do it for her. That's love. But... The same thing is with God. That's why fear of God, that's what the two sons of Aaron were missing was the fear of God. No question about it. That's why the old Parsha is a continuation. How are you going to do it with fear, not just with love? That was an introduction. What I really wanted to take you is on a journey of fire. The fire that came down from heaven. There is a good fire, and there is the bad fire. There is 12 times in the Bible mentioned fire came down from God. I didn't come up with this idea. I'm not such a genius. <laughs> As the matter said, Sifri, Zute, whatever. Six times good fire, six times bad fire. And I learned it this way. I'm such a big scholar and I never heard of this matter. Obviously, I'm not such a big scholar. Every day can learn, and I learned it from somebody who gave advice Torah that everybody throw it out on the WhatsApp from Israel. That how ridiculous this guy is! He was he's giving. He's like he, he appointed himself the rabbi of the of the football teams, and he's giving on the football on television. He gives like a little Torah, and it's really pretty ridiculous, I must say. But he mentioned this message, and I said, you know what? He's not so stupid. <laughs> I always liked them, but beside the point, but. Six and six. Hmm. We are the first six times good fire, and then we'll go about the bad fire. Most of them are in this book, I mean, between the Aftoras and the Pasha. Some of them I have to tell you by heart. But uh, where's the first time they came out of fire from heaven? Mishkan. Mishkan. Where is it in Pasha Shmini, right? Pasha Shmini. 
in the story, Aaron, right? Where is it? In the beginning of Shmini, uh, right? It was the whole story. Um, a number 678, 679, I mean. It was after Aaron went and he entered the Holy of Holies and offered the sacrifices and this. What was the sign that the Spirit of God is the Shrina came down to the temple, top of page 679. Read it. Fire came out from before God and consumed the burnt offering and the fats upon the altar. All the people saw, they sang praises and fell upon their faces. It was amazing. Sing praises, Vayoroindo is more, is more celebrating. That was the sign, and before that, it's written there, Moses, Aaron came in, then he asked for Moses to come in, and the Medrash says, why Aaron had to come, why Moses? Because Aaron came in and no fire came down from heaven. The Aaron told Moses, you're embarrassing me in public. But Moses came in with him and prayed to God and the fire came down from heaven. Ultimately, Moses brought down the fire. After all said and done. That was the good first good fire. It was a good fire. Everybody was very excited. It was a sign that God came down from heaven. It was amazing. Right after this was the story of Northern Navio. Two lines later, and then that was the first good fire, the first bad fire. But let's talk about the other good fires. Where in the Bible there is another other good fires? Well, the, with uh, Elijah yeah, and Mount Carmel. Okay, Elijah and Mount Carmel. Oh, that a story? Yeah, it counts as being in the Bible. That's Bible. Okay, no, oh, the, I'm sorry, I'm thinking. I mean to the, say, uh, that not only okay. five books of Moses. Okay. The 666 are all over the Bible. Okay. Really, the, the, story of, the story of Mount Carmel is, in the, is, a, is, a, is here, on page 1416. Right? We all know the story, we learned it, that the Mount Carmel, he gathered all Jewish people and the prophets from the Baal, and he says, once and for all we'll see who speaks in the name of God. 1417, and he told the, people, the prophets of the Baal, you be the first one, offer a sacrifice, and the one who can bring fire down from heaven, he speaks in the name of God. They tried the whole morning, right? And then, um, yes, it's in one second. It's on page 1419, the continuation of the Aftarah. And number 29, somebody wants to read it? Uh, then when midday was passed, they pretended to prophesy until the time of the offering of the afternoon sacrifice. But there was no sound, no one answered, for there was no one, no listener. You want me to keep going? Mm -hmm. Eliyahu said to all the people, come near to me so you can see that no trickery is taking place. And all the people came near to him. He repaired the altar of God that was broken. Eliyahu took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Yaakov, to whom the word of God came saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones he built an altar in the name of God. He made a ditch around the altar large enough to contain two sea of seed to hold the water which he poured to magnify the miracle. He arranged the wood, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. He said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. He said, do it a second time, and they did it a second time. He said, do it a third time, and they did it the third time. He wanted to show that there is for sure no fire there. It's full of water. Mm -hmm. The water ran around the altar. He also filled the ditch with water. Then, at the time of the offering of the afternoon sacrifice, Eliyahu the prophet approached God in prayer and said, God, God of Abraham, Yitzhak, and of Israel, let it be known this day that you are God, whose presence dwells in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things by your word. 
Answer me, O God, answer me with fire, so that this people may know that you are God, Almighty God, and so you will have turned their hearts back again to you. Then the fire of God came down and consumed the offering, and the wood pile, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the ditch. When all the people saw it, they fell upon their faces, and they said, God is the Almighty God. Fell upon their faces, just like we read it there, mm -hmm. but not, not, not celebrating, not praises, but fell upon their faces. Yeah. This is the second time here in the Torah, a good fire came down from heaven mm -hmm. in the Bible. Any more? Bible genius? Uh, I'm <laughs> guessing when the uh, first uh, temple was uh, inaugurated. Okay, yeah, in the first temple, that's not written. We don't have it in the Torah. At least I don't. I couldn't find it. The in the in when King Solomon was uh, bringing uh, inaugurating the temple, a fire came from heaven and consumed the altar, the the sacrifice. That's how they knew that God is in the temple. That was the sign. You're right, and it's written in the Torah. That's the third time. Any more? Second temple? It's not in the Bible. Any more? Anything with the continuous fire? Fire? Like that? That you have to overcome over yourself? Yeah. Any more? <laughs> no. No? No? A fire from heaven? Sure. For, well, they were wandering in a desert, and the fire came down to light the way. There was, was a, there, there was, there the was pillar of fire, fire, but it was not sometimes that a fire came down, a specific oh, okay. event. How about for the prophet that became the baby, the couple that couldn't have, and that was... Um, Elisha? No, that was uh, for Samson, right? Samson, beautiful! Page 1447, yes. <laughs> Good job. Right? Samson's parents, Manoach and his wife. Mm -hmm. The angel revealed himself to Manoach, to his wife, to Manoach, to Samson's mother. And she told her husband, and her husband came. And they came and he told them, you're going to have a child, and the child is going to be, don't drink wine, and don't become impure, because the child is going to be a Nazarite from the bed of birth, right? And then on page 1448, Manoach turns to the prophet and he tells him, stay with us, right? Who wants to read? Please, yeah, actually you read. I should read again? Oh, you read already, you read Yeah, I'm sorry. 15? Yeah, please. Please stay a while. Manoach said to the angel of God, and we'll prepare a goat for you. The angel of God said to Manoach, If you want me to stay to feed me the goat, I will not eat your meal. And if you want to prepare the goat as a burnt offering, you must offer it to God, so why keep me? Obviously, Manoach did not know that the man was an angel of God, otherwise he would not have offered him food. What's your name, Manoach said to the angel of God? As when your words will materialize, we will want to honor you. <clears throat> the, God, the angel of God said to him, I do not want honors, so why do you ask for my name? It's actually a secret. Manoach took the goat and the meal offering and offered it upon the rock as a burnt offering to God. The angel wondrously produced fire from the rock, and Manoach and his wife looked on. Then as the flame went up from the altar toward heaven, the angel of God went up to the altar's flame. Manoach and his okay, wife were gone and fell on the face of the ground. It was a fire that came down from heaven and burned 
the the the, the uh, offering, and the angel disappeared. That's how I know it's being with an angel. That was a fire that we have now three times, three places, right? Three good fires. One was by the Mish. No, it's four already. The four, Mishkan. Four. Mm -hmm. Then was the first, the first temple. Then we had by Elijah. Now we had by Samson. Four times. Number five. You heard about Gideon? What's, what's the story with Gideon? What happened there? Uh, he was fighting the Midianites, and he, yes. wa he wanted a whole army to fight him, and God said, no, can't do that. We need to select a few, but a before, few, few before, good men. But before <laughs> it came to the, this, Gideon was outside there, plowing his field with his father, afraid and celebrating Pesach. Right? They were afraid of the Philistines. Then an angel of God showed up. That you have the angel of God. Here is God. My father told me last night that God made miracles in Egypt. It was the Seder. Ovi, Krani, my father, read me the story, basically. Then why God isn't. So where is God now? Why God abandoned the people now? It was a terrible time in Israel at that time. Then the angel of God told them. With this strength that you defend the Jewish people, you'll be successful. And then he offered an altar to God, an offering to God, and the angel brought down a fire and burned the altar, the, the offering. And then he went to the war and he was successful. Sorry. You understand? Then Gideon had the experience of a fire of God. That's number five. A good fire that showed that God really is with us. Then comes the last one. Not the last one in time. No, it's before. I mean, last one what I'm mentioning now. There is a story with King David. King David one day had this thing about counting the Jewish people. We learned it a few times, right? And what happened to it? What happened because of this? A plague. Ah, got a plague. We were sitting in the Torah. We learned it about the plague. It's none of the Torahs. In any case, he had a plague. It was terrible. And the, then the angel told them the only way to stop the plague is so the angel of death with a sword, standing with a sword over Jerusalem. Where was he standing, the angel of death that he saw? He saw him standing over the Temple Mount. Until then, the Temple Mount did not belong to Jews. It belonged to the Jebusite. What was his name? Goran Onan Ayavusi. Onan, yeah. And King David ran to him and told him he came to visit him, that he came out, and he, King David said, I want to buy from you the land, the, the, the mountain. He says, no, I'll give it to you, because you want to stop the plague, he tells him. He says, I'll give it to you. And I'll give, not only I'll give you wood, and I'll give you... And David says, no, I will not offer to God something that I didn't pay for. By the way, a good lesson in life. In spirituality, nothing is for free. That's one of the places we know it. The Rebbe, any time people used to bring in candles for Hanukkah, used to pay them, used to give him a dollar. If it was a book, he never, the Rebbe, the Rebbe used to quote from the Zohar that you don't do a mitzvah for free because everything that's in the side of holiness has to cost you, physically, spiritually, at effort, everything. Then King David did not want to offer a free, a free thing. Didn't want a free lunch. He paid for it, 
and he offered the sacrifices right there, and he stopped, and a fire came down from heaven, and the plague stopped right there and then. And six times in Jewish history that the fire came down, in the order of time would be by Moses, right? It's number one. Gideon is number two. Um, King David is number three. Solomon is number four. Manoah is number five, before Elijah, right? And Elijah is number six. Six times. That was special events that the fire came down. In a good way to show that God is among the Jewish people. Now we go to the six, six bad places. One is the story of the two sons of Aaron, right? Where is in the Torah? And that's in five books of Moses. Well, the story of Korach, it's not only the earth okay, swallowing Okay, okay, very good. Let's go, let's go to the story of Korach. Beautiful. Beautiful. Story of Korach here on page 973. Korach's demise, 973. Mr. Garvin, you want to read the top of the page? Moshe said to Korah, tomorrow you and your entire congregation should present yourselves before God, you, them, and Aaron. Each person should take his fire pan and place license upon it. And each I'm sorry, incense upon it. And each person should offer a fire pan before God, a total of 250 fire pans. Both you and Aaron should each take a fire pan. Okay, take a fire pan. They did it. Okay, now we'll turn the page. Turn the page. We read about the swallowing of the of of uh, Korach in number thirty-two. We'll read for number thirty-two, for example, thirty-one. See number thirty-one. Mm -hmm. As soon as he finished speaking all these words, the earth beneath them split open. The earth opened its mouth, swallowed them their houses and all of Korach's people and all their property. They descended alive into the grave with everything they possessed. The earth covered them up and they were lost to the congregation. Okay, continue. All the Jewish people who were around them fled from the sound of the earth swallowing Korach's men, for they said, perhaps the earth will swallow us up too. Then a fire came from God and consumed the 250 men. A fire came from God and consumed the 250 men. Right? That's number two. Any other place in the five books of Moses? Cain and Abel. A fire. The fire came to consume. That's in, by the way, that's interesting what you say. The fire is a good fire. And I'm surprised why the, the Medrash doesn't bring the fire as one of the examples of a fire right. that came down from heaven in a good way. Maybe because it wasn't the altar? Initially, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. The fire was, was a good thing. Yes. It was. No, it was. Well, uh, one second. It's written fire. One second. Yes. In the text? Actually, I'm looking right at it. It's in parenthesis. Ah, it's in parenthesis. But close, yeah, but close, partial, close. Partial. Because, I get because, partial credit. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> if, it is, because even the other places, it's also it's very interesting. You're actually right. Maybe because it's not written clearly. Um, 
That means God accepted the, 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 the it's not written in the text. Could be that's the reason. The other places, it's not written necessarily that the fire is from heaven in the text, but it's written it was a fire. That's in the text. Here it's not written, the word fire is not written in the text. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But where is another place in the Bible a bad fire in the five books of Moses? Priest of Baal get zapped at Mount Carmel, don't they get zapped by fire? No, no, I'm talking about the five books of Moses. Uh, did, did, was Sodom and, and Gomorrah in the No, no, no. no. It was a lot of fire. Uh, maybe too much. Huh? <laughs> well, it was fire and brimstone. Yeah. We're, we're in the Bible, in the five books of Moses, was a fire, a bad fire, took place. One of the plagues, that it says here, there was hail, fire. Fire in the text? Oh, the hail. Yeah. It's fire hail. written hail in the text? Fire. Well, it, it's written in the English. In the, in the parentheses or in the... Um, there was hail and fire blazing inside the hail. Well, that's the point you're talking about the plague. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the plague. That's one of the plague. Yeah. Page uh, 397. It is a plague. 397? Let's it's, see a pl- it's one of the plagues. Yeah, I see it. But the Medrash doesn't bring it as one of the places. <laughs> it's not the same kind of it's fire. It's not the same kind of fire. It's a, it's a part of the plague. There is in Parshas Balotcha. There is on page, I'll tell you before you start to move, page 927. And then it started, when, when it was the turning point, and they just started to complain. What else? <laughs> it started? Started, it's hard to say started, but yeah. The first complaint in the book, that's written the first complaint? Mm-hmm. Then, um, go ahead. <coughs> The, the, the people were acting like complainers who seek to say something that is evil in God's ears so as to express their dissatisfaction with the difficulties of the journey. God heard and became angry because he was hurrying the journey for their benefit to enter the land quickly. Moshe heard the people weeping. That's it. A fire. A fire from God burned among them. Consuming those at the edge of the camp. A fire from God consumed them. That we have three fires in the five books of Moses. One, the two sons of Aaron. Another one is the first complainers. Then was the story of Korah, of the 250 people of Korah. Three fires. Now it's in the, in the other books of the Tanakh. Who was hunted and people were running after them? Army, soldiers and they were consumed by fire. You know, today, I was in Israel, was a Bible contest for <laughs> students from all over the world. Yeah. Every year I listened to it. It's just unbelievable. It's, unbelievable. it's, a, <laughs> it's amazing. Then they ask, they, the question is they ask, they have to know in seconds, like it's, it's like machines. <laughs> this I should send you, there is also an adult Bible contest. <laughs> sending you, it's a Hanukkah time. It's still time for you to go. <laughs> The, the, the one who became the number one boy is the first time in 30 years not from a religious school in Israel. In Israel there is religious schools and there is secular schools. There are regular schools, every non-religious kids go. And the boy, the number one was from a secular school in Israel. Hmm. Wow. 30 years it didn't happen. And the boy said the last two months he didn't go to school. 12 hours a day he was, he was learning the Bible. How old was he? He's for 15, 14, I think, or 15. Wow. Sure, a little boy. 
He had a special mind, though. What I need to say is, two months he didn't go to school. He said 12 hours a day he was learning the Bible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, but people go to yeshiva for years and 12 hours a day and they don't know it that well. It's sure not. It's sure not. It's a special mind. It's a question. It's a, there is a story about Elijah. Which king wanted to, to kill him? Ahaz. Ahaz. Right? Very good. And he sent an army of 50 people with an officer. And they told them, come down from your mountain. We wanted to burn you. We wanted to, the king said to, to, uh, to take you. And he says, and they called the men of God, come down because they have to arrest you. The king told us, he says, if I'm a man of God, that a fire from heaven will come and burn you. Guess what? Came and burned them. It was one group of 50 people. Then the king sent another group. And he said the same words. Men of God, came down, come down because you need to arrest you. The king sent me, sent us to arrest you. He says, if I'm a man of God, then a fire will come from heaven and burn you. And burn them again. Another 50 people. Hmm. Came the third group. Came the third group. And he said, please, don't do it to us. Have, have mercy on us. We just were sent by the king. But God told Elijah, go with them and go to the king. Nothing will happen to you. That he went to them. That the two times that the fire from heaven came, it's number four and number five, right? We have three times in the Bible, number four and number five. And there is one more time. What's the one more time? I think I remember. It's when Eliyahu was in the cave. In the cave was no... Oh, the one more time. It's a book that I never learned. I should, I should learn it, but... Job. Job! Well, you learned Job, right? Not all of them, no. The beginning of Job. Beginning, beginning, beginning. Yeah. What is his children or something? Oh, yeah. And a fire came down and burned the children and the, and the, and the cattles, I think, everything together. This are the sixth time, where is it? Um, yeah, the cattles and the children of, of Job. Right in chapter one, the beginning. And we have six good and six bad. What are you going to do with it? Is fire from heaven a good thing or a bad thing? Depends on your intention. Oh. You know, the famous line, Talmudic line that the word man in Hebrew is what? Ish. Ish. Ish has the two letters of ish, fire. I say a woman in Hebrew? Isha. Isha. Again, ish, fire. What's the extra letters in ish? Is a yud. Or the extra letter in Isha? The hey. What is a yud in a hey? The name of God. But when you put the name of God in between, and God is between. Our husband and wife is two fires. <laughs> and those men to walk even. It's like, ooh, the fire is coming. That if you have God in between, it's a warming fire. It's a loving fire. It's a fire that produces. It's a fire that brings. Because fire is the, fire is the, when you're talking about a powerful tool for creation in the world, Fire is number one. Without fire, you cannot do anything in this physical world. From day, from day one. 
Everything, everything, everything you want to produce is with fire. Cooking, everything to eat, whatever you will need to do to survive, you must have fire. Fire is the strongest power of, of, of creation in the world and the strongest power of destroying the world. If you have God in the fire, it's a good fire. If you try to ignore God in the fire, it's a bad fire. But this is what the, 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 the journey of fires in the, in, the, in the old Bible and in the prophet and everywhere. Now, every Jew, every person, it's written, Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam. Why we light a candle for, by a yard Because the person, the soul of a human being is compared to, to a candle, to a flame. Everyone has a flame. Once a man was one of the one of the advisors of the prime ministers of Israel, his name was Yehuda Avner. He used to come to the Rebbe a lot and as a messenger to give over messages. And the Rebbe told them, he asked the Rebbe, what is your job? The Rebbe told them, everyone is a, everyone has a candle in his heart. My job is to light the candles. Then when he was standing by the door, before he was, he can run away, he asked the Rebbe, Rebbe, you light my candle? The Rebbe told them, I cannot light your candle. I can give you the matches for the candle you have to light yourself. Then this is the job. Our job is to give out, everyone's job is to light his own candle, first of all. And when you light your own candle, it's light in the room. It's light in the room, other people will see, and they might light their candle. This is the way to light candles. And this is really the, the story of the two sons, what we can learn, somebody asked me before, what is the message on the story of the two sons of Aaron? The story of the two sons, today, this afternoon, somebody asked me. Well, the story of the two sons of Aaron, the message is that we have to learn how to light candles. We have to love God, what has to be a love that will not consume people around you. It should be, it should be a, a love and a fire that, that you not consume you, and, and because if it consumes you, we accomplish nothing, or we consume to other people. It is to be a warming fire, a loving fire, a fire that inspires people, that warms up people around them. A contained fire. When it's a contained fire, when you're contained. 